Alright everybody, we're back. It's Avoiding the Puddle. My name is Eris. I'm here once again with Mr. MYK. What's up, Mike? What's up, Eris? Everything's going fantastic, man. Um, Alright, so today we got a surprise, unannounced guest, but he happens to be one of my favorites. A true American, <clears throat> Mr. <laughs> J.O.P., is going to come on the program later. Uh, I'm going to have a great interview with him. We're going to talk about Tech and Tag. Uh, you know, he's, he still dabbles in tech in here and there. One of the greatest shit talkers of all time as well. <laughs> so, you know, I got a lot I want to talk to him about. We'll get to that later. <clears throat> but as usual, we got some stuff to talk about. And <clears throat> the first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, because I'll be going to Japan in about 12 days, this is going to be the last episode uh, of the podcast that I can record until I come back. So... I won't be coming back until I think like the 22nd of September, and I'm sure I'll have a lot of stuff to talk about because Tokyo <laughs> Game Show is happening there, and of course, SPO oh, is and isn't there. isn't the new Tekken supposed to be announced at Tokyo it Game is Show? It's like pretty much 100% gonna be announced either at Tokyo Game Show or before it. I actually heard that it might be announced a couple days before Tokyo Game Show, um, so. Who knows? I mean, uh, if I had to put money on it, I would bet that by the time I come back from Japan, we will see a lot and have a lot to talk about, about the next thing. So <laughs> not including what happens at SBO, and I'm sure I'm going to have a ton of shit to talk about. So the next episode is going to be after I come back uh, from Japan. Also, I got my hands on this uh, camcorder. So if I can oh, figure nice. out how to use this fucking thing, I'll uh, <laughs> take all kinds of video with all the goofy... It's like another planet over there, you know? You gotta hide that shit under your beard, though, because they're fucking like... They don't <laughs> no, like cameras over there, man. Cool, dude. So, yeah, I'm gonna try... If I can figure out how to use this fucking thing, I'll, I'll try and take some video, maybe some match vids, maybe some interviews with people, you know? Oh, hopefully I can sick. get some footage, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. So, anyway, so hopefully we could do that. Um... That's just to let you guys know when the next episode will be coming up. Um, the other thing I wanted to quickly just touch on, because I just saw some video footage, and I just was... I immediately got a boner. It, it's the new Mortal Kombat. I mean... I am so fucking excited about this game. It looks so cool to me. I mean, there's a lot of things to be excited about when it comes to fighting games right now. The arcade version of Super Street Fighter 4 is coming out. Oh, yeah. Six new characters. Oh, my God. What? Are you Six serious? Yeah. And I didn't Yun even know about that. Yun and Yang have basically been confirmed for the first two, and there's still four more characters left. Are you serious? I thought it was just Yun and Yang. I was just going to say how exciting it is because Yun and Yang are... Oh, four more to go. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm even more excited now. But I also heard they're doing balance changes. And, yeah, that's you know, crazy. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's one thing to be excited about. And then, of course, there's Marvel 3. You know, everyone's excited about that. But in my opinion right now, the most exciting fighting game coming out, and this is probably because the new Tekken hasn't been announced, is <laughs> Mortal Kombat. That shit looks so badass. I was just watching uh, footage, and, like, Sub-Zero, he'll, like, freeze himself, and it's like a cross-counter if you punch him while he's freezing. <laughs> like fucks you up and then I saw his x-ray move where he freezes your liver and like smashes that <laughs> oh, shit oh yeah, yeah yeah I've seen that too dude that shit is so tight and it does like 50% too yeah. I mean I'm sure they're gonna alter the damages and stuff but man that game looks so hype and like there's this part where like the wind poses are pretty cool too like when Sub-Zero wins he freezes the camera and then oh, when Siren yeah yeah he freezes the camera man it's got like icicles on it <laughs> and then, like, 
when when uh, Cyrax when he wins, his chest opens up and he pulls. Oh yeah, up he takes out like a bomb or something. And then he types something on it like he's putting on Twitter, like "Yo, I just beat Sub Zero," and then he puts <laughs> that shit back in his chest and shit. It's so tight, dude. It's too yeah. good. So and the motion capture and everything just looks really cool. So I'm yeah, really. I also noticed like in the tag battle too that uh, when Sub Zero loses as like the first member, he freezes and he just like fades away into the wind and stuff. Yeah, like, dude, I'm telling you, they they really put a lot of attention to detail. It looks really cool, and the mocap looks really cool too. So I don't know. I'm just really excited about that, and um, you know. Uh, that's it. I'm I'm hype. I'm hype about that. I'm I can't <laughs> wait for new footage to come out. Actually, I heard that uh, isn't PAX happening this weekend? Yeah, PAX, I believe so. PAX West is happening this weekend, and I heard they have a playable build for the public to play. So oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of footage from that. Exactly, thing. exactly, and hopefully it won't be a bunch of idiots doing crouching uppercuts all day. <laughs> Maybe someone who knows how to play will get on. The game. Could see something legit, but yeah, I'm excited about that, and that kind of brings me into the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is, you know, uh, I know for a fact that you play uh, Street Fighter 4, and I personally play a lot of different fighting games, and I've tried several different fighting games, and um, as far as competitively at a high level, I've played multiple Soul Calibers and I've played multiple Tekken's, and I think uh, the thing I want to talk about is the importance of playing many different, as many different fighting games as you possibly can, because what will happen very often is you'll be playing, let's say you love Tekken, right? And you'll be playing Tekken, and maybe you're getting better, and you're, you're climbing in, in the ranks. And you Fun reach part. a point where you kind of plateau. Like, yeah. you feel like, okay, I know a lot about my character, I know a lot about the other characters, but I just feel like I'm not getting any better. A yeah. really good way to kind of break through that shell and get even further is by putting that game either on the side or maybe taking a break for a bit and trying another game or even another character out. But typically another game really helps. And the reason for that is I kind of see it as... Well, especially if you also ran out of characters to play too. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that that is that is the case. But, you know, it... Just because a character maybe seems limited, like in my case, for example, I play Dragonoff in Tekken 6, right? And he has a very limited move list. I mean, he's got a really short move list. And you can easily find that, okay, I feel like I've reached this point where there's nothing else to learn about this character. But yeah. you couldn't be further from the truth. There is a lot to learn that hey, is it's not... It's like Ryu says in his uh, intro code, man. The answer lies in the heart of battle, man. You just You're gotta a find... homo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> a queer... <laughs> <laughs> just gotta find the answers, man. I don't take philosophical advice from Ryu. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> anyway, no, but you know, seriously, all joking aside, I mean, you, what a really good idea is, and this is kind of compared to, let's say, Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant is a pro basketball player, and he's one of the best in the world. And I, I mean, I'm not particularly a fan of his or anything. I'm just making an example. Now, I'm, I guarantee you that Kobe Bryant studies college basketball, studies NBA basketball, studies WNBA basketball, even though it's fucking pathetic, <laughs> and he studies all different types of basketball. Now, it doesn't matter if the rules are different in college, if the rules are different in WNBA, whatever, they're all still playing basketball. Now, in this context... We're talking about fighting games. So it doesn't we're matter if the rules are... We're all playing fighting games. The rules in Street Fighter may be a little bit different. It's on a 2D plane. You know, mechanics maybe, are a little different. It's yeah, exactly. But they're all fighting games. And the same core mechanics 
still apply. Mind games, you know, spacing in Tekken is just footsies in Street Fighter. You know, co uh, link combos is the same as juggle combos. I mean, the, the corner in Street Fighter is the same as the wall in Tekken. I mean, it's not obviously exactly the same, but the concepts are similar. Yeah, and the way you apply, like, mix-ups and stuff like that might be different, but the the mind game, the mentality that goes to it is still the same. So. Yes, and many of the strategies as well. In fact, some of the most inspirational things that have really moved me as a fighting game player have been coming out of the mouths of Capcom players. For example, there are videos from... Jeff Schaefer on YouTube talking mm -hmm. about back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, the history, like the eight-part yeah. video or something. Exactly. Like. That was very inspirational for me, watching that. Uh, another thing is speaking to Mr. James Chen. Uh, that guy is very inspirational, and you really can learn a lot from that guy. Alex Valle, Combo Fiend, I mean, uh, uh, Clockwork, washed-up <laughs> motherfuckers like Clockwork? You know, I'm, I'm telling you, there are so many players out there that are not Tekken players, but just sitting down with these guys and just having a conversation with them about the fighting game of whatever, their choice, your choice, it doesn't matter. Just talking to them, it will be just so moving. And talking to these people, it really makes you feel like, okay, you know, this sounds really cool and interesting. Let me try this game out. Let me try out Marvel. Let me try out whatever. And playing that game will really open your eyes and explode all your ideas so that you can take, let's say in my case, Dragonoff, way further than you if you hadn't done that in the first place. I mean, it's really important. I know, Mike, I know, you, like I said, you play Street Fighter 4, and I can, you name it, the greatest players out there, they usually play multiple games. For example, Bronson Tran, I know he played um, Marvel's, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. He was a very good Marvel player. Um, not to mention multiple different other games, I'm sure. Uh, Mr. Naps, that guy is an excellent... A.K.A. Emphy. Right, he, he has a Capcom handle. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> plays a very good Urian in Third Strike. He also plays Sea Viper in uh, Street Fighter Four. I mean, you name it, all of the... And later on, I'm going to have J.O.P. on, and I know that he plays Street Fighter Four also. And we're going to talk about the importance of the transition and all that other stuff. So it's really important. I mean, the moral of the story here is that... Even though you may hit that plateau and you may be frustrated and you don't know what you can do to get better with your character. Sometimes just taking a break with another game could be yeah, the answer. It really, it really will help. It'll make you understand. Uh, it'll also teach you discipline. Discipline is so important because in Tekken, you may have many moves that are really good and you can abuse them, right? But sometimes it's a good idea to just not push any buttons and just wait and if there's a fucking game that teaches you to not push any buttons it's street fighter fucking thing. <laughs> i mean in that game it's like you can't even jump or you're toast you have yeah. to just really be really patient and have discipline i play honda in uh street fighter 4 <laughs> oh my honda god <laughs> you want to do that headbutt so bad I mean, you want to do that head, but so fucking bad. Every time you do it, though, your ass eats a punish. I mean, it's, you know, it's just like you have to have discipline. And playing, a, like, in, in Third Strike, I play Third Strike a lot as well, and a lot of the time I'll just play Hugo. And Hugo in that game, I mean, you have to wait, like, all day for that opening. You have to wait and be patient and don't whiff, and it's coming, and then boom, it comes, and then it's over, you know? Mm -hmm. Gigas Breaker, it's over, you're in the air. 
And, you know, I'm telling you, <laughs> games like that, uh, and there's many games out there that I don't really uh, have too much experience in, but there are so many games out there, and they all have uh, mechanics and mind games and strategies that you can apply to your favorite game, in, in my case, Tekken. And so I would highly recommend that anyone who is out there who maybe is just a hater of Street Fighter or a hater of whatever Blaze Blue or whatever the fuck's out there, you know, if you even if you hate that shit, give it a shot. I mean, all you really need is competition. If yeah, and there's no reason to really hate other fighting games, especially if you haven't even played it before. Yeah, I mean, there are a ton of people out there that are just like, oh, you know, like Street Fighter fans are always like, oh, fuck Tekken. Or Tekken fans that are like, fuck Street Fighter. And yeah, in passing, I'll say that shit all day, too. You know, yo, fuck Virtual Fighter. Fuck fucking <laughs> Soul Calibur 4. You know, especially Smash Brothers. That game, fuck Smash Brothers, you know, but, but. All joking aside, I mean, it is really a smart idea to study all these games. Because, I mean, you, it can't hurt. You just learn about these games. It'll improve your Tekken game or whatever game you play. It'll improve your game. You have to broaden, expand your horizons and just study all different games. Currently, right now, I've only played Street Fighter, uh, Super Street Fighter 4 like two times, literally. I own the wow. game, but I never played it, you know? And... I still study it all the time. I watch not a bad game, man. <laughs> I watch as many streams as I can, and I really like to study the game and know about what's going on and what's happening and what mind games are occurring. I would love to play that game. I just don't have the time to put in it right now. I mean, right now I currently play Third Strike just for fun. When I'm when I'm you know feeling like I need to try another game out, I play Third Strike. And uh, other than that, I play Tekken Six. But look at what's around the corner. We have all these fucking games coming out so soon. This is like... Dude, I was just thinking about, like, Evil 2012. It's like, what's going to happen? Yeah, I was I just like... talking to James Chen about that. What the fuck are they going to do? They're going to have to take out, like... I mean, they're going to have to have a Tekken. Uh, are, are they going to remove HDR? I mean, d they might. Who knows? They if have to. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they've never had a Blaze Blue at Evil yet. Uh, if Blaze Blue ends up at Evil, then they might... And Mortal Kombat turns out good. Marvel 3 turns out good. They have Street Fighter 4. I mean, and Street Fighter versus Tekken, and Tekken versus Street Fighter. Yeah, so. I mean, this is gonna. I mean, what's gonna happen? We don't even know what's gonna happen. So the point is that this is like the future of fighting games is just amazing, and there's so much to play. So just if you have a little bit of extra time, try them all out. It, it's really it'll help you. And this message goes out to anyone who plays any fighting game because I happen to know that a lot of people that don't play Tekken listen to this podcast. And you know whether it's Tekken that you're trying out, whether it's a uh, Virtual Fighter or whatever game there is, just try it out with an open mind and just as long as you have competition, you're gonna have fun. Just fucking play people, you know. And, unless it's M Smash Brothers, don't try out Smash Brothers. <laughs> that game sucks. Okay, there's, I mean, I, I would like to elaborate a little bit on uh, what what it means to like play other fighting games. Okay. Because uh, um, I mean, I play every character in like every fighting game I play. I try to play every character. Mm -hmm, it's a good idea. So I've been doing that in Street Fighter, but I main Ryu and. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the main things that I like about Ryu over like every other character is just uh, his sweep, because you could combo his sweep after like crouching jab or crouching strong or whatever, mm -hmm. and then uh, the options you have after that, you could kind of you could kind of tell what your opponent's gonna do. I mean, you could you could have a brilliant guess, mm -hmm. and then you could kind of see what your opponent's gonna do. Like for example, um, like let's say you knock down Bison, right? And I'm Ryu. I do a sweep. 
I knock him down with a sweep. I jump in with a with a uh, a safe jump roundhouse, mm-hmm. and I could option select a couple options. Like if he does, like let's say this player likes to always escape. You know, no matter what, he likes to escape with a move. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do like ex psycho crusher out, right? So I would jump in with a safe jump roundhouse and then buffer a shoryuken. Yeah. If I do that, if he does the ex psycho crusher out, my shoryuken will either clip him. Or uh, I'm gonna completely jump over him with the Shoryuken, and then uh, his EX Cycle Crusher will go out, and I take no damage, or I take some damage on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one option. Another option, if he teleports back, I could, uh, you know, buffer in a Tatsu, and then catch his backdash, and then stuff like that. Or his teleport will cover both of those. So it's like, okay, uh, how how can I apply that to Tekken? Um, Okay, this guy finally knows that I could option select these two things, so now he's finally gonna block. So now I throw him, or, you know, now I go for his, uh, crouching throw text, you know, and catch him with a crouching strong for a counter hit setup. Yeah. So it's like, how do I apply that to Tekken? And it's like, okay, after this guy tech rolls off the wall, he always likes to duck. So yeah. I do a safe, like, you know, wall sliding mid move. That hits both way tech. Yeah, like- exactly. Exactly, yeah. So it's like the exact same thing. It's just that you just kind of have to uh, put in the time in, like, the game, the new game you're playing to yeah. find out all your options to cover, uh, you know, certain situations. And then you apply that to your, you know, next game or your current game. That is definitely true. Um, the thing that you were just talking about uh, with the safe jump in option select, um, that is an application of a strategy where that I've heard you talk about in the past. And what that strategy is, is doing one thing that will cover as many options, defensive options, as possible. So in the Tekken realm, let's say you hit them to the ground and they have the opportunity to tech roll or back roll or stay down, right? The best possibility would be to do a move that hits on the ground that will also at least have them block it if they tech roll either way, and it will also beat their back roll. Yeah, I mean, there's an interesting uh, Oki situation I could explain with Leo that okay. I found. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever seen any other Leo player use this, but it does sacrifice, like, seven points of damage, but you are, like, you know, if you if you guessed right, you get a whole nother launcher again, so okay. it's pretty good. Okay. So um, after you bind with Leo, and then you do forward, forward, four. it looks kind of like lace forward, forward, three. You know, that upper kick move? Yeah. Yeah, it'll send in spinning. If I do a crouch dash while standing two, mm-hmm. it'll track both tech rolls. Mm-hmm. It'll hit grounded, and it'll catch back rolls. And if yeah. it back roll, I get a full launch. Yeah, that is and exactly the same type of thing. So it's like, it's just covering options, basically. And it's just knowing the situations to cover. Yeah, exactly. That is definitely true. Um, another scenario is uh, with Dragonoff. If you hit a forward four and you do the standard combo of down four one three and then you dash in deep enough, if you do down three for Okazemi, uh, it's going to hit a downed opponent. It's going to catch a back roll, and if they tech roll, they have to block low. They can't even low parry it. So, I mean, it's it's just a uh, one option that beats many defensive options. And what you were talking about with Ryu, I mean, it, it's completely different if you just look at it that way. But all you got to do is use a little bit of your fucking brain, and you can really correlate it 
to Tekken or whatever game you play. And this kind of stuff is exactly what I'm talking about. You can and it's really throughout like all fighting games. Yes. So you just have to look at like the situation and say, like, Oh, this covers more than one option. How can I apply this to another game? Exactly. Exactly. Uh so yeah, I mean that's kind of the point uh we wanted to prove here and uh so moral of the story, try out many fighting games, as many as you can. You don't have to become world champion in any of them. Just try <laughs> them out, you know, go to your local arcade or go to a gathering or whatever and you know, it'll really help you out. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what I wanted to cover. You got anything study, else? Study, study, study. Yeah, no. exactly. Mad Dog. Study, study, study. So, yeah. Study, study, study. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on. The one, uh, one thing I wanted to do is I want to introduce a new segment to the podcast. Now, at the end of every portion where I talk to Mike, what I want to do is I want to kind of let people leave comments in the previous podcast um, that are kind of like questions for Mike and I, and they can be as specific as you want, uh, because between Mike and I, we pretty much have a, a pretty extensive knowledge of every character in the game. And if it's something that we don't know, then we could just find it out easily. So whatever questions you have on any characters or, you know, about us as players, our mentalities or whatever, go ahead and leave a comment, and we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, answer Dig those through questions. through them, and then, yeah, find the questions exactly. and we'll answer and I kind of I got this idea from another podcast, and I figured since every fucking podcast on the planet is jacking my idea of a format <laughs> where we do like a news or you know yeah seems like it now right exactly no shit everyone's doing it every now podcast on the fucking planet is jacking this format so fucking <laughs> oh, I'm gonna steal something from them so anyway that's what we're gonna do and uh, for today we kind of went back and we looked at some of the old um, comments or questions that people had. And let's see what we got here. I got one from this guy, Dennis Zacharias. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, and I don't really give a shit. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> but um, he is asking if we think that we will have to wait very long for the next Tekken to come to console. And uh, does he think it's going to be at arcades for a very long time? Um, my Though I don't know for a fact, uh, I'm inclined to say that... Uh, it will be, the next Tekken will be at the arcades for a very long time. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because Tekken 6 Blood, Bloodline Rebellion was was and is one of the most popular arcade games. I uh, think it's been number one in like the arcade rankings in Japan for like two, three years now. As far as fighting games go, that is correct. Um, and it would just be preposterous for Namco to, and also, not to mention, Tekken 6 did not do very well on console. So it would be pretty retarded of Namco to just release it on console right away. I mean, they're going to really milk this card system shit, and they're going to really have it in arcades for a while. So my guess would be, I mean, they're probably going to have it in the arcades for a long time. And, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, that kind of sucks, but it's just the way it is. I mean, it's probably the way it's going to go. Uh, anyway, so moving on, let's see what we got here. Uh, Derek asks, uh, how do you sort out garbage combos, and uh, what, how do you decide which combos are really useful when it comes to uh, wall carry or damage or whatever? And I'll, I'll go ahead and let you answer that, Mike, and I'll chime in. Um, okay, let's see. I mean, you have to kind of see like what situation you're in again. I mean, if the wall's pretty close, can your character reach that wall? Does your character have a good wall carry option? Certainly. Can I save the bind? before the wall, or should I use it before the wall so I could carry them a little further? Yeah. You know, you, you kind of, 
you kind of have to sit in practice mode and practice combos. And then this is what I do. I just do combos and practice mode all day. And then it's like let them, you know, put the put the computer to tech roll. And then I try to carry them to the other wall and see if my combo can maximize damage with the bind or without the bind at the wall. You know, I kind of I kind of have to mess around in practice mode for a couple hours to kind of really understand this character's full damage potential with wall carries, with bind here or bind at the wall kind of stuff. You know, the the general idea is first of all you have to understand what's going on with that character. For example, um, Dragonoth, it doesn't matter very much whether you save the bind for the wall or you do the bind in the middle of the combo and then wall carry them and finish the combo at the wall. It doesn't matter with that character because the damage doesn't change. Typically, it's the same damage, very close to the same damage if you save the bind. So with a character like Dragonoth, the idea is you have to gauge how far the wall is and try and maximize damage plus wall carry. So that's generally the idea, and combos in Tekken 6 uh, and also Tekken 5 are really about... uh, adapting to the position you are in. Uh, Maybe if you're at a certain angle, you might want to do a different combo. Or maybe um, if the wall is not going to be near you at all, or if you're on an infinite stage... Then you could go for, like, Oki or something like that. Exactly, or maybe something else. Or, you know, it's all about doing it on the fly and not having to think about it very much and uh, getting as much damage plus wall carry as possible. I mean, that's really the generic way to explain it. Um... You know, there's a lot of combo videos out there with a bunch of combos yeah, that are check like... check them out. I mean, they could give you... Like, combo videos are pretty good to give you ideas on what you can do with your character. Yeah, um, that's definitely true. I mean, there are a lot of combo videos out there that are just trying to be artistic, and the combos are kind of like whatever, but yeah. you still can be uh, inspired by them. And I would highly recommend watching match videos of players who you uh, who are credible players, and also combo videos are also very good to watch, and not just for your own character. Uh, you should definitely study all characters, especially in a game with 40 characters. You know, it's really important. So um, that's pretty much that one. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh yeah, this, this guy, uh, his name's Justin Elkins, and he's talking about, uh, he's asking about what we would recommend to kind of start a tournament scene and get in, getting him involved with tournaments for his area, his region, and first of all, don't be intimidated by, uh, double elimination brackets, because this guy's saying, oh, it's complicated, whatever, it's really simple, I mean, all you, yeah, exactly, I mean, it's really difficult for us to not talk shit right now if you think that's complicated. But let's say you think it's complicated. Just chill out and just look on the Internet, Google that shit up, and all you got to do is just understand it's really simple. You just move the names over to the loser side. It's real simple. And I mean, then if you print out a bracket, it usually tells you, like, if this person loses, put them in the A1 spot. Yeah, it's pretty A4 simple. Spot. You and then carry the name over. Yeah, and then, okay, on top of that, you know, don't be... Uh, don't be afraid to create a thread for your area on Tekken Zaibatsu to find out who in that area is playing. Also, if you know a local player that plays, tell him. Maybe he doesn't know about Tekken Zaibatsu. Because at this point, in America at least, Tekken Zaibatsu is like the hub of all competitive Tekken. I mean, you got to be on there. And this is where everyone uni- unifies and creates scenes. So it's good to, I mean, this, this guy also asks about venues and stuff, and that can be a tricky business. Yeah. Um, the easiest, obvious venue is someone's, someone's house. Yeah. yeah. Someone's garage. If there's, you know, it can be difficult, but 
if someone has an apartment or a garage and get you know get some people together. It doesn't have to be a tournament at first. But yeah, once you get have a couple gatherings, have a couple heads that show up often. And... Exactly, and some things like you know, like in SoCal, we have Wednesday night fights, and they have yeah. all these different games there, and they have a whole area dedicated to Tekken Six, and people go there. It's and... pretty interesting in SoCal too, because uh, in SoCal we kind of unified and we like set different dates up for like where to go to play. So it's yeah. like we, everybody knows by now it's like what day we play where and stuff like that. So Yeah, I, we're actually very lucky because here in SoCal we have uh three different arcades that are all located in the very close ten mile vicinity that all have Tekken Six cabinets. And they just opened a new arcade that has two back to back cabinets that um, we're gonna check out today. Yeah, we're I'm gonna check that place out for the first time today. But we we not only do we have people's houses that we can go to or you know Wednesday night fights we can go there or you know different things like that but there's also these arcades that we could play out now m- many people may not have arcades that they could just be like yo let's meet up Tuesday night at fucking super arcade or whatever and 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 those people you kind of have to focus on try your best to see if there's a maybe like a community center at like a condo or apartment that you can rent out for free a lot of times people could do that and you could send out like a uh, rent out a community center and just throw you know get a couple monitors in there a couple PS3s and have an open invite a lot of people will come over get some good games and see where it goes from there i mean you can really do a lot all it takes is a little bit of effort and you could really do a lot now personally that shit takes a lot of motivation and yeah. it, it, i'm very impressed with people who do that kind of stuff like you know uh alex Valle and the guys that uh you know level up that do the wednesday night fight stream they really are just like man i mean why the fuck do they do this shit you know yeah. it's so much work for them but you know it, it can pay off it can pay off it can be very satisfying you can pull a nice community together and you know get tournaments and it you know don't give up it it's it's very doable it's very doable even a a, a clown like matrix matt can easily throw a tournament <laughs> just on on his own whim he's just like yo let's have a tournament on saturday and you know if you book them they will come i mean that's what happens i mean we all go we just read the post and we just all go and play. So, I mean, just, you know, don't give up and just keep trying. There is a scene out there. And, you know, pull everyone together. Even if you have to have maybe one monitor that has Street Fighter 4 on and one that has Tekken, you know, just get people together and people playing fighting games. That's really the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, if people just come together to do something that they like, I mean, that's how scenes grow, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, anyway, so yeah, those, that's, you know, pretty much what we want to do. If you guys have any questions or comments, just feel free to leave them in the comments section of this podcast. If you want to talk shit, uh, you maybe insult either of us, please feel free. Uh, as long as it's funny, go ahead and call either of us gay. Uh, I, I don't mind. And, um, you know, we're going to have JOP on, as I said, and I got a bunch of uh, questions ready for that guy. So unless you have anything else to add, Mike, we're going to move on to the uh, JOP segment. Um, just keep playing, guys. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, stay on that shit. And keep your eyes open, because around the corner, there's going to be a ton of shit to talk about. And like I said, hopefully I'll get some cool video of those crazy Japanese guys, and it's like another fucking planet over there. So anyway, guys, JLP's coming up, the real American. <laughs> All right, later, guys. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American 
A special guest on today, uh, arguably one of the best American Tekken players of all time, Mr. JOP. What's up, Job? How you doing? How you doing, man? Just getting in for meeting a live cow and sucking <laughs> down a tub full of mashed potatoes. <laughs> I hear that, man. Uh, so tell me, man, what have you been up to these days? Uh, you've kind of been dormant in the in the last few years for uh, as far as Tekken's concerned. What are, what have you been up to lately? Yeah, man, I've been missing in action. Basically, all I've been doing is. Uh, just working and living life, man. Basically, that's what's going on. Now, uh, tell me, do you still follow the scene at all? I mean, do you follow tournament results? And I, I know um, prior to this tournament, uh, I-, I didn't know you played at all, but there was a tournament in Texas where I saw your match videos against um, Core in the Grand Finals, and I got to say, I was really impressed. I mean, it's really hard to impress me uh, with match videos, but man, I was like, holy shit, dude, this guy still got it, so uh, I know you play. Don't try and tell me you don't play at all, because I know you play a little bit. <laughs> I saw that shit, but I mean, uh, what, are you playing any games at all? Well, I did play Tekken first when it came out. Tekken 6 came out, and I was like, man, I'm going to get on this shit, and I'm going to whoop ass just like I used to. I could be swearing on this, right? Yeah, of course, please. <laughs> all right. racist as well. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, we'll keep we'll keep that to a minimum. Okay, okay. So yeah, I was like Tekken Six. I haven't been in the scene for a while. I'm gonna see if I get on here and still mash heads in like I used to. So when the game came out, I was on it, man. I was on it for like almost every day for a few hours. Okay. And then uh, went to a couple tournaments. You know, got top three in those. You know, whatever. And then mm-hmm. Trash Day was coming along, and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm getting kind of tired of playing this game competitively. Okay. You know, that didn't last long, right? Because I was like, I was all fired up, and then all of a sudden. Man, this is some boring bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, I'm, I'm going to make Trash Day my final tournament. Okay. I'm going to practice up, and I'm going to make an impact on this one. You know, Core and Crow, who were the top two guys at the time. Yeah. I still I still think they are the top two guys, personally. Okay. okay. So I was like, all right, let me see how I stack up against these guys for my last tournament. So I went out there, and, you know, I did pretty all right. Didn't win. You know, you should always try to win. I got second place, and almost... Almost took core down, but I didn't quite get the job done. You know, the yeah, Hulk of well, Powers worked with me all all that much. <laughs> well, I was I was really impressed, and it looked like you were gonna take him down for a minute. And I was like, you know, that was around the time where Core was really, really doing really well in a lot of tournaments. I mean, he had like done really well, and I was like, holy shit, dude, JOP, man, this guy still got it. But for those, I mean, there's a lot of people in this Tekken scene now that are real new, or they've, you know, started in the last few years, and they don't know exactly the impact you had in the Tekken scene. So for those people, can you quickly go over some of your most notable, you know, wins in uh, any Tekken game of your choice? Well, I think to understand the might of Jop, I think you need to hear the story of Jop first. Let's hear it. All right, so... About 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, there was this little boy named Eric Akins. He was about 19 years old. I've heard of him. 
He had just finished high school. He was trying to go to college. He needed a part-time job. So he gets a part-time job at an arcade. He sees, hey, a Tekken tag machine. Hey, there's people playing this game. I used to play Tekken back in the day with my little brother. I bet I can get on here and whoop some ass. Mm -hmm. So I got on there and started playing and beating people in the local scene, which started getting people interested in the game. So from then on, we started... We got a little gathering of people, and in that arcade, we dubbed it the Dojo, because that's where everybody would go to just whoop ass. And now, now let me, allow, excuse me for interrupting, but can you tell me what uh, part of the country you were in at this time? Oh, this was back when I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, that, I think that's very important. Now, go ahead, proceed. Okay. Yeah, I've been living in Texas so long that I forgot that I lived in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> so... Basically, what we would do is we got our little group, and we'd just go to travel from arcade to arcade, beating everybody up locally, thinking we were hot shit. Mm-hmm. So then we, one of my, one guy came in, his name was Mike. Mm-hmm. He introduced us to the website Tekken Zaibatsu, which was basically just starting up. Yeah. And we got on there, and uh, we all just made our little Atlanta click on the on the website and all that. And while we were doing that, I was playing, and I picked up the ogres because I was really attracted to big evil boss characters yeah and so you know i was doing pretty well locally with them and then i got on the website and uh people were not really talking about these characters much so i was like hmm i think these characters are pretty good so i went on and started talking a bunch of mess to the socal people yeah and uh i created a name my name for uh tekken zaibatsu the original one mm-hmm. it wasn't jop it, it was a much much stupider name than that and I think everybody needs to know that. It was called New Ultra Cowland. <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy, at least. I mean, it really rolls off the tongue. Also, a lot of people don't even know what Jop means. Jop means Johnny on the pot. I was that, uh, privy to this information a few years ago. Go on. But uh, Johnny on the pot does not mean what you would think it means. It's not anything to do with smoking pot. Johnny on the pot is the name of an outhouse company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Then from there, uh, yeah, where was I? Okay, so... Talking shit to SoCal. Talking shit to SoCal. I was like, man, these ogre characters are pretty solid. They're like, man, we don't know what you're talking about. Those characters are fucking trash. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I just kept on talking shit. Eventually, I got banned. Okay. So then from then on, I was like, all right, I'm just going to travel the U.S. And, and this this travel would eventually be go down in history. It would be called the Trail of Tears because everywhere I would go, people would be crying. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I just went out, and I, I beat the California people. I was like, I told you these characters are some fucking hot garbage. Mm-hmm. And by hot garbage, I mean they're super cheap. Mm-hmm. And uh, from then on, I just I never lost a tournament for two years in my entire active Tekken Tag uh, uh, career. Okay. And do you remember yeah. what, what years these were? Um, I want to say from, like, 2000 to late 2002. Okay, okay. Oh, wait, I did lose one tournament when they brought James Suwan over. Okay, all right. And that's a pretty interesting story in itself. Do we have time for me to go into that? We have all the time in the world for you, man. Go ahead. Okay, so, Jang Suwon, everybody heard about this guy on the internet, uh-huh. the best ogres in Korea. Everybody watched videos of him versus Jang Ixu. Mm-hmm. You know, Jang Ixu was the best tag and tag player in the world. Nobody could touch him. Right. So, here's Jang Suwon in the U.S. I'm like, all right, he's here. I go out to California for EC2, it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get some casuals in with this guy, because I'm like, okay, this guy can't be that good. So I play him. And then after I'm done playing him, Eddie Pistons walks into the room, and he asks me, all right, brother, what do you think about this guy? And the look on my face tells the whole story. I was like, <laughs> this dude is the truth. 
So we were like, all right, well, we got to think of a plan to beat this guy. We can't let him win on American soil. Right. And we had the ultimate plan. Okay. But there is one traitor. He goes by the name of Tom Hilfiger. We call him the American traitor. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and I'll tell you how he ruined this plan. Okay. So we're at the tournament, and we're just fucking around, and we're like, all right, dude, get some of that some whiskey there and, start, and give some of that to Jang right there. Uh-huh. So we're getting him drunk. Uh-huh. And he's never really been drunk all that, been drunk before. Yeah. So Eddie Pissons gets him nice and nice and tipsy. Then me and Jang Suwon play. It's time for us to play. Mm-hmm. I beat him. I put him in loser's bracket. Our plan is working. I'm like, yes. So then we don't have to play again. So if, like, assuming we play in the grand finals, it's not going to be for another couple hours. Okay. And if he doesn't keep on drinking, he's going to sober up and he's going to gain his powers back. Yeah. <laughs> so. EP's like, you know, still trying to get him drunk, still feeding him more shots. And then Tom walks up, he sees what's going on, and he's like, in whatever language they speak, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and he snatches it up from Jang Suwon, and he doesn't have a drink for the rest of the tournament. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> so we eventually get to the finals, and I'm just like, all right, fuck this. I can beat this guy drunk or not. And let's just, you know, cut the story short. It doesn't work out that way. <laughs> So that was that was the first Tekken Tag tournament I lost while I was active. Wow, you know, I had never heard that story, and that's a really good one, dude. I mean, man, Tom is a dick. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, fine, they're both Koreans, but I don't know. There's a part of me that says, you know, um, you got to beat him straight up. But on the other hand, what a dumbass for getting drunk. And, I mean, even after he lost to you in winner's bracket, he's like, yeah, pour me another shot. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> What's wrong with that dipshit? Yeah, I guess that was kind of some shady shit for us to do, but fuck it, man. We gotta defend America. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. You know, this is the art of war, brother. Fuck it. Yep, so ever since then, we've dubbed Tom Hilfiger the American traitor. (laughs) Yeah, I'm planning on having him on this podcast uh, pretty soon, and hopefully I'll bring this up and ask him what he thinks about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He'll probably tell it differently. He's like, I didn't do anything. Yeah, Jang Suwon right. just, you know. He probably beat Jang Suwon in the tournament in his story and shit. <laughs> He'll be like, I, I perfected him eight times in yeah, a row. Exactly. Had to fly back immediately. Yeah. So, moving on, I mean, okay, so, I, I, growing up, when I was a kid, I mean, you, your name was all over the Tekken scene, and this is before I had started really getting into it and, you know, playing in tournaments, and you were always, like, one of the people that everyone would always talk about, one of the best in the country, and, your, you know, your ogres were legendary, and you also played uh, jacks, too, am I correct? Yes, I did uh, dabbling a little jack back in the day. Okay. Now, um, what I want to know is, <clears throat> so there was no person, no one person that really taught you how to play? Honestly, all the, the stuff I acquired, like, my, I am basically self-taught. Okay, okay. I, I learned all the basics, I learned all the core mechanics by myself, uh-huh. but I would read the forums and I would get some details that people would find out, and then I would just assimilate them into my game. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I everybody does that, but what I mean is, like, you know, I, I had heard that you were self-taught, but... What, what I mean is there was no, you know, you didn't have, you weren't someone's protege, and they weren't, like, teaching you how to play actively. Never, ever, ever, yeah. never. So, I, like, I have heard that, too. Throughout my, like, my entire checking career, uh-huh. I have always been the one to figure out and teach people. Okay, okay. I've always been the one to teach people around me. I've never had anybody teach me. So that's, uh, it's basically, uh, I've always been the master. I hear you, I hear you. Okay, now that brings me into my next question. Uh, of the players you have taught... Who is, in your opinion, the 
most successful and most skilled protege that you have had? I think I have two of them. I don't know if you've heard. This guy hasn't been in the scene for a while, uh-huh. but he went by the name of The Truth, and he was from Atlanta. Uh, it rings a bell. I don't know uh, exactly who he played, but I have heard the name. Well, he played Ogres, too. He's, okay. He, he kind of gained some, uh, gained some uh, reputation because at TIT, either, TIT 2 or 3, mm-hmm. he put Tom Hilfiger in loser's bracket with okay. Kuma and regular Ogre. Wow. Yeah, and uh, he beat Tom with some some garbage. I don't remember what it was. It was like Kuma Ford Ford Two, uh-huh. and then Tom would tech rule into Kuma's unblockable every fucking time and just get his head mashed in. And we okay. were just like, "All right, cool." <laughs> <laughs> and the so, other, and then the other one would be Jackie Tran. Really? Okay. He's uh, he went on to win Evolution one of those years. That's right. Or which That's one right. it is? That yeah. was uh, Tekken Four. Uh, I think it was Evolution two thousand and three. I want to say. He had an epic battle with Jin Kid in the finals, I think. That's right. That is the one where Jin Kid beat Mad Dog Jin, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, that, that, that Evo was a motherfucker. Yeah, well, I like it too, because that was one where I placed top eight. So that one, uh, that's why I remember these things, because uh, it was an important Evo to me. But Oh, well, well congratulations well, on that, brother. It's been a while, <laughs> but thank <laughs> you. No, but yeah, that was a crazy Evo. That was also the year um, Kembo was here for uh, Tekken Tag, and both you and uh, Jackie Tran had some crazy matches with Kembo and Tag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to call them crazy. Uh, I would just say that was me getting my shit pushed in horribly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought they were pretty crazy because of the running that that guy was doing. That guy was running away, like, unbelievably. So I thought that was crazy. At the time, I was just like a kid, and I was like, holy shit, this game is out of control. And then when I tried doing that ha-ha step shit myself with Lay, I was like, these guys, these fucking jabs, dude, they, how do they do this shit, you know? But it was pretty wild. I thought those games were really crazy. Yeah, they were they were pretty nice. And, and it was like actually the first time I had ever fought a Lay that was so gay like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just like, what the fuck? This dude is not trying to fight at all. And then I'm just <laughs> like, all right, whatever. It's cool, man. You were the victor. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. I mean, you know, it really is amazing how gay that Lay was. But, I mean, you got to respect it. you got to respect it because it's real hard to do that stuff. And the discipline it takes to just play retarded like that is just amazing. <laughs> It actually does take a lot of discipline to keep your retarded gameplay up. Yeah, absolutely, I, absolutely. And you, you have to, to be that a, meter full. The retarded meter's got to stay full, dude. It's yeah, and, and you actually just have to be a total dick too yeah. to be continuously playing like that. Now you have like a long time rivalry with that guy. Is that true, or is it just in my uh, uninformed eyes? Uh, I don't know if you would call it a long term rivalry. It was more like a. It was just a couple of incidents. Okay. Uh. I think it started back in Tekken 5.0, and it was, you know, people were talking about, man, Kimbo's got the best jack, and then, yeah. no, Jop's got the best jack, and then, yeah. all right, well, they'll have a jack-off at Evo <laughs> yeah. to find out who has the best jack. But that that never happened, and eventually the whole rivalry, it wasn't even really a rivalry, it just, yeah, the whole it. thing died down, and it just wasn't anything special, honestly. Okay, okay, now let me ask you, who is your t- favorite Tekken player of all time, excluding yourself? Uh, it would definitely be you. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. <laughs> I'm trying to suck my dick and tell me something legit. 
Oh, I mean, all right. I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you a lie then, because you okay. really are my favorite tech. No way. I mean, <laughs> based on skill, not based on charisma, charm, beard, uh, aesthetics, beard, manliness. I'm not talking about any of this stuff. I'm talking about what happens on the screen, based on skill level and what happens on the screen. Who's your favorite Tekken player of all time? Of all time, I think my favorite Tekken player would have to be Jang Exu. Really? Yeah. He Not is, many uh, people know about him either. Well, that's because he was very early in the historical timeline of the Tekken series, and I mean, I'm yeah, not very many, many people do know about him. He uh, didn't he quit playing Tekken to Rollerblade or some shit? Yeah, he when Tekken Four came out, he started dabbling that a little bit, but yeah. then he found out, hey, you can't do Mishima stuff in this game, and yeah. Steve can just smash jabs and beat Mishima's horribly, and yeah. hey, I'm just gonna go and do some rollerblading now. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, that guy was definitely a legend. I mean, he was he was amazing. He's actually responsible for all the modern day Tekken movement that we all do today. It's true. It's true. He was the first one that brought it here without you know back before the internet and shit, right? Yeah, he uh, he did all the way dashing, light dashing, Mishima nonsense. The the Koreans figured out the backdash canceling abuse. Mm-hmm. So all that cheap ass shit that we do today was originally founded by him and his buddies. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's one of the reasons I'm very glad that you actually came on the the podcast to talk to me because a lot of people out there they have no idea the history of what the stuff they're doing right now, where it came from, and how it came to America and stuff. So you know, this is exactly what I was going for. Um, that 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 brings me to ask you, uh, who do you think? Is, now, I'm not asking for your favorite, but who do you think is the best Tekken 6 player, American Tekken 6 player, right now? Well, I would say that Core would be, but right now, Core is going through some issues right now where he's just being hella stupid and he's not trusting his gut. Okay. Uh, him and Koro right now are both on this Lars fix because they're thinking that, I don't know, I, I heard that they said that people figured out Bob and I don't think I can win with him anymore, but I'm like, okay... Core, your status right now in Tekken 6 was brought to you by Bob. Mm-hmm. You, If somebody's figuring out your character, so what? You, you figure out new stuff and you get better with that character. I completely agree with you. Instead of just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to try to find a character I can get parlor trick wins with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's his mentality, but it just seems to me that's what he's doing. I mean, you mm-hmm. stick with your guns. Yeah. What brought you to the promised land is what keeps you in the promised land. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so you would say Core. Yeah, but then that was before he started being a clown. Right okay. now, I would say that um, based on consistency and will to win, mm-hmm. I guess I would have to go with Fighting GM because he's got a lot of fire and he wants to win. He wants to prove himself, and I like that. Okay. And he's also not one of the guys who will just sell out and pick such and such good character to get some easy BS when He likes his character, mm-hmm. sticks with his character, and he wins with his character. I like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well. I mean, he definitely has shown the desire to win, and it's uh, paid off. I mean, it really has paid off. Uh, that's th- that's another thing. Um, you, I mean, Ogre and True Ogre, you were a like expert level Ogre and True Ogre player in tag, and a lot of people said, oh, you know, they're top tier, and, you know, JLP, JLP t- plays uh, top tier characters. And, I mean, what you're saying right now is not the mentality and philosophy of someone that just plays top tier characters, and you also played Jack in 5 and uh, DR and 6, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just play the character that interests me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it just so happened that 
those characters turned out to be top tier and tag, but... I mean, let's you know. be honest here. Ogres are complete bullshit. I mean... <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're just, you know, backdash, cancel all day, hit four, knock somebody down, and they'll never let them get up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, those characters were uh, out of control. And especially, I mean, you know, especially watching you play is just something... I don't know how much uh, footage is available of you playing uh, tech and tag, I assume not very much. There's not much of me playing, actually, yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate, because it really is, uh, it's kind of like watching a documentary on the History Channel. It's like, man, this <laughs> shit is crazy, you know, and it's so old, and like, you know, it, the, the way people thought back then was so different, it's just really cool to kind of see where the Tekken we play now came from, you know. Yeah, you know, another interesting thing is that I think the players today are actually a lot better than we were back in the day. Well, it's uh, they're stepping stones, you know? I mean, if, yeah. if you guys weren't playing the way you were playing back then, then this would never happen the way it did. I mean, that's why it's so important to kind of, you know, know where everything came from. Yeah, like, we uh, we, we set the foundation, we, we opened some doors, they walked through, and they made the doorways bigger, they had some, they found some more information, they improved upon what we found, and, but, you know, us, us old school guys can still compete with these younger guys if we get in there and mingle a little bit. That's for sure, that's for sure. Um, now, the, you know, uh, I don't know if you've been following the recent tournament scene, but recently there was an MLG in um, North Carolina, and right. uh, at this MLG, uh, Just Frame James ended up winning, but... The kind of the big story of this MLG is that the entire ATL crew uh, went to this tournament, and the thing that people are kind of getting uh, emotional about is how loud they get when one of their uh, players is playing. You know, they yell and talk shit and jump around and stuff. And some people are getting real pissed off about this, like, "Yo, that's not fair!" And you know, it, you know, people are crying about this. Now, personally, I mean, it's part of the crowd, and I mean, what are you going to do? This isn't a fucking library, you know, it's a tournament. So, exactly. you know, let these kids yell. I want to know, what's your opinion of that? I mean, do you think they crossed the line, or what? Basically, what I'm saying is to people who are not down with how they act towards their players, how they show support to their own players, mm -hmm. get, get a rag and wipe your pussy. I mean, that's basically all there is to it. Oh my. I mean, like, the Atlanta people, I mean... They, they're really hyped, they support each other, they're really competitive, they want to win, but at the same time, they want to make you know that you are a bum and you are trash, and they will be very loud about it, and if you cannot hang with that, then just don't even show to the tournament scene. I mean, you're going to have to deal with crowd, you're going to have to just zone it out, yeah. focus on what you need to do and take care of business. Don't worry about what pe what's going on behind you, that's not important. Yeah, I, I completely I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, maybe it's a little more personal. Like, the people in the ATL group are, like, literally calling you a bum and telling you you're a bitch. But <laughs> it's just like any other crowd that's just yelling and cheering for their, you know, home, you know, home player. I mean, I don't, I don't understand why so many people... It's, it's a, I guess it's a tournament skill that you have to obtain of blocking everything out and focusing on what you're doing and there are many players that are able to do it you know and yes. uh, I agree with you I agree with you on that um, I, I really would like to see more of these ATL guys going to other major tournaments so that it can start to become less of a big deal like you know so we can start to expect it and everyone can just 
you know, expect it. All right, ATL's there, and this is how it is. You know, well, learn the bottom to- line is is that they're all there just to have fun. They don't mean any ill will. They're just they're getting crunk. That's yeah. what they do down south. They just yeah. they get hype and they have a lot of fun. They do not mean any ill will towards anybody else. They're just having a good time, and people take it the wrong way. They're like, man, this guy's getting all personal with me and shit, man. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. And they just, just bring a rag with you, rub your pussy, and fight. Take yeah. care of business. I agree That's with it. you. I mean, that really is the key. I mean, you, both you and I and many, many other players out there, we love to talk shit. And, you know, it's all, you know, anything goes as long as, you know, you just mean well. You're just talking shit in terms of getting hype and, you know, just talking random shit. You don't, no one's gonna fight. No one's gonna do anything crazy. We all are friends. We're all doing the same thing that we love. And I agree with you. Everyone who's uh, taking uh, this ATL stuff personally, you know, you just got to learn to deal with it and, you know, block it out. That's Yes, uh, exactly. It brings hype to the scene, man. Yeah. It's, I, it's, 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 yeah. Anyway, so you were telling me earlier that um, because of the lack of, the, uh, of a Tekken scene in your uh, immediate area, You've kind of shifted over to Street Fighter 4. Now, earlier in the earlier segment of this podcast, I talked about the importance of playing multiple fighting games just to kind of understand, get a better uh, perspective on your fighting game. You may be inspired by other fighting games. Now, uh, how do you feel about the Tekken mindset going into Street Fighter 4? Well, okay, um, one thing I think is hard for people that are transitioning from Tekken to Street Fighter mm-hmm. is that in Tekken, you base a lot of your gameplay off of reaction. Okay. You know, you'll just be reacting to moves that are slow enough to be reacted to, but in Street Fighter, it's a lot more based on how you read an opponent because things happen so fast. Uh-huh. You just got to catch on to tendencies and counter the tendencies instead of actually reacting to things because... I mean, it's just too fast. Yeah. I mean, and uh, a lot of people catch themselves just throwing shit out and mashing because they're not really sure what to do because they can't react to anything. Yeah. But what you have to do is basically you have to establish your offense by getting people to look for something. Mm-hmm. And once they are focused on that, you throw in B. Yeah. And then once they're focused on B, you throw in C. Then you go back to A, then B, now they're focused on that, then you throw C in again. It's just, it's basically getting people to look for something, you reading that they are looking for this now, and now you go and counter that by doing move B. Whereas in Tekken, you basically play Tekken by spacing and with punishing, which you can do on reaction, you know? Absolutely. You basically, you basically, you get in somebody's face, you establish, hey, I have this scary offense, and I'm going to come in and do this offense, and if you let me do that, I'm going to kill you, But so you're going to have to throw things out that I'm going to be able to react to and whip Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is that, you know, I, I know you played Soul Calibur 2, you played uh, Cervantes, and you were relatively successful in that game, and I also really liked that game a lot, and one of the big differences, the biggest difference, I think, in that game is that throws are not visually breakable. And obviously in Tekken 6, they are relatively easily breakable by reaction. Now, playing both games, which do you think is um, better overall? In terms of throw breaks, I mean. Oh, in terms of throw breaks? Yes. Um, well, let's see. I think that the way that the throw breaking system is handled in Tekken mm-hmm. can be limiting to yeah. some characters, because there's some characters who just have trash 50-50s, yeah. and they have to rely solely on counter-hit and whiff-punishing, uh-huh. and they don't really have much of an offense. Right. 
And so, uh, can you be specific on what characters you're talking about? Well, um, I wouldn't say it's all that apparent in Tekken 6, because in Tekken okay. 6, everybody's got options. Yeah. There's not a single bad character in Tekken 6. Well, I, I, that can be argued. I think Yoshi is shitty as fuck, but go on. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, we'll give you Yoshi Mitsu. Okay, okay. But let's say, like, uh, Tekken 4. Okay. In Tekken 4, there are characters that are just complete fucking trash because yeah. they have no mix-ups. Mm-hmm. They have to rely on throws that are broken easily. And when they get our offense going, I mean, there is no offense. Besides, yeah. like, let me try and get this guy to a wall and push him, and then I can jab him and then yeah. wall push him again because I don't have any options. Yep. So uh, having the throws breakable by looking at them kind of limited a lot of characters in older games. But now in Tekken 6, since so many characters have options, I don't think throws are all that important. Okay. Okay, interesting. Except for, like, you know, Jack has got some bullshit throws, and I abuse those all day, so... There are some, I mean, yeah, there are some throws that are really, really uh, damaging, but generally speaking, uh, I kind of agree with you. I think that um, from Tekken 5 and 6.0 to BR, I think throw damage was reduced a little bit too much, um, especially considering how easy it is to break throws. I mean, generic throw damage, not command throw damage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my personal opinion, um, because they're so easy to break, and some people... You know, there aren't that many great lows in this game. Most of them, if they're good, you can see them. So, unless you're Jack, and Jack has some, probably the best low in the game, right? Full crouch down, Full back, crouch down back one. That's got to be the best low in the game. <laughs> it's completely stupid, yes. Yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> let me get this uh, correct. It's minus nine on block and plus nine on hit, right? Yes, which leads to uninterruptible full crouch uppercut rush, which will do 100 damage, over 100 damage on counter hit. I don't know who made this game, dude. That doesn't even make sense. I mean, why would they do minus 9 plus 9? That makes no sense. And what's funny is when you watch Jack do that move, he kind of tilts his head a little bit to the side like, why is this move so fucking good? You gotta watch that animation, dude. When you do full crouch down back one with Jack, look at his head. He kind of is curious, like a dog. He's like, what the fuck is this? Why do I have this move? Yeah, why, why did they give me this shit? But, yeah, man, that move is great. But, you know, generally speaking, I don't know. I just think, I wish throws were a little bit stronger because they can be visually broken. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I can see that. But at the same time, I think uh, throws have their uses because if you keep throwing somebody, that's going to mentally drain them. Yeah. And uh, that's going to basically take away from their game if you keep on throwing and making them throw break all the time. That is definitely true. But that's only going to work in long sessions, because like in a tournament play, two out of three, you're not even going to really have time to drain somebody from making them throw break all the time. Exactly, exactly. So, But throws probably could be a little bit more useful for that uh, for that standard. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, I mean, going, from, going through so many Tekkens, uh, how do you feel like uh, the Tekken series has evolved in a positive or negative way? I mean, what, what about the Tekken series do you like and dislike that's changed? I think generally it's uh, making a step in the right direction because okay. it, it just wasn't casually accessible before. Because if you look at Tekken Tag, if you play somebody who knows how to backdash cancel, I mean, you're going to have to fucking work so hard to beat that. Yeah. I mean, the entire Tekken Tag engine is based around backdash cancel and with punish. Yeah. There's no up-close fighting because up-close fighting just doesn't really work in that game because of yeah. backdash canceling. So the direction it seems that they went they went in was nerf direction, nerf, nerf backdash canceling, and give characters options to fight up close, which yeah. is I think it, it adds for more exciting gameplay and 
it's not stupid in it. It's kind of a little bit more strategic at the same time. I mean, you have more up close fighting options and you have back edge canceling, but they kind of balance them both out. So, uh, so the one's not overpowering the other. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you. I'm, it's interesting. I, uh, I didn't, I didn't expect that type of an answer from you. I expected that you would have the a case of the old man syndrome, where you only love what's old and you are unwilling to accept what's new. And I'm really surprised that uh, you have such an open-minded attitude about the way Tekken is going. Yeah, I mean, if you have a closed-minded old man attitude, that's just going to hold you back when you're playing today's fighting games. That's true. So you're going to have to have an open mind, and you're going to have to accept what you're playing. That is definitely true. That is some excellent advice, actually. Not just to uh, expert players of games, you know, in the past, but to everyone. You have to have an open-minded attitude about what you're playing. I mean, Definitely. They have some of the same uh, the aspects that I liked in older Tekken games in Tekken 6. I mean, you could still back dash cancel and whip punishing. Yeah. And whip punish is just not stupid like it was. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, uh, that brings me to Jack. And I'm curious, um, what are some things about this character that you feel are very good? We already talked about that bullshit move, full crouch down back one. But yeah. what are some other things about this character that you think are exceptionally good? And also, what do you think are his weaknesses? Well, let's start off by looking at the actual design of Jack. Okay. He is supposed to be a big, slow, power character, right? Uh, I assume so. Go on. Okay, and if you look at him in previous Tekkens, except, like, everything that's not Tekken 6, uh-huh. he doesn't even do much damage. Okay. He's not even a big, slow ca- power character. He's a big, slow, I'm going to do moderate damage to you character. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I thought from, from and especially looking at how much risk all of his moves are, yeah. I thought his design was flawed from the beginning because okay. he's not doing much damage, he's super slow, and he's super unsafe, whereas there's characters who have fucking electric one godfist that kill you in one hit. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, from there, he, he was kind of stupid there, but I like him because he's got, I don't know, I can't even tell you that I like him because of his playstyle. I just like him because he's a big, stupid robot. Hey, man, whatever reason <laughs> you need to play him, I mean, you know. But tell me, like, you know, what is exceptionally good with him, in your opinion? Or anything. Is anything exceptionally good? Um, In Tekken 6, everything he has is fucking good. I mean, the only weakness he ever had in other, in other Tekken games is that he was susceptible to sidestep and he had no clear answer for it. Okay. So you could just basically run all over him and make him roll the dice on which way you were going to sidestep. And he had no answer for that. Now he does. He's got one plus two. Okay. So that covered his biggest weakness. That's his lariat, right? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, then in Tekken 6, they made his offense fucked up because of how fast you can do full crouch down back one. Yeah. Full crouch down back one had the same properties in the previous games, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't do it as fast. So his offense wasn't as good. But now you can run up and instantly do that, and then people can't do anything without dying. Yeah. And so uh, basically how Jack works in Tekken 6 is kind of different from how he works in Tekken 5. Tekken 5, he would run up to you, he would down back one you. He'd backdash a little bit. He'd run up to you, down back one you, backdash. He'd run up and stop, thinking that you're going to try to throw some move out to stop him from down back one you, and then he would down forward to you, and then he would reset that and go from there. And he, when he would knock you down, he'd run up and do a throw mix-up back to a seed planter. He, he was basically, he was pretty basic. He was okay. backdashing with punishing. Okay. And then Tekken 6, he's just, you know what, brother? I'm going to get it all upon you, and I'm going to spread them cheeks. <laughs> I'm going to 
want to mash this robot cock up in that ass, and there's really nothing you can do about it. Is that the technical? You should write a fact. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> you, the, your knowledge of notation is amazing. Mash yeah. this robot cock. That's cool. Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he just he runs up to you now, instead of doing down back one, he's running up to you and doing instant full crouch down back one. Yeah. And he's mixing that up with forward, forward, one, spam. And if you do that correctly, there's really nothing nobody can do about it besides just try to roll the dice and lotto you out. Yeah. Which is what I... What happened... That, that seems to be the playstyle people choose against Jack in this game. Yeah. Because his offense is so fucked up. I mean, full crouch, dead back one, plus nine. You do anything, counter hit, uppercut, rush, you're dead. Yeah. You try to sidestep the uppercut rush, you get hit by windmill punches, you're dead. I mean, you yeah. just really have no option but to sit there and block and let him run all over you. So people will take the approach of rolling the dice on him and try to get a win. And I think... I mean, t- so far that seems to be the only real way to fight him. <laughs> Interesting. But, uh, so, do you, I mean, do you think he's, like, like top tier? Yes, I, I think he's top tier. Really? Wow, that is not uh, a common opinion. I don't know if you know that, but that is not typically a common opinion in this uh, game. I, I think that is, uh, has a lot to do with the... People do not have accumulated jack knowledge. I mean, I have, like, ten years of jack knowledge, and I... I have so much legacy skill with him that yeah. I just build off of that. And I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of people who play Jack today do not specialize in Jack. Okay. They dabble in him, they see a couple things, and they're like, all right, let me go back to my main character. That's all I do is play Jack. I mm. I, I go inside and I figure out everything, a little thing about him to, to make him effective against every character. Interesting. So, and, and the things that I, I found, I mean, he just seems pretty stupid to me in Texas. Now, do you feel like he has any weaknesses or any bad matchups? Uh, he still has some uh, some weaknesses when people get on him because you now his jab speed's 11 frames, uh-huh. and uh, they can still, to an extent, play the sidestep dice game on him because he's gonna have to, you know, throw press one plus two to stop you from sidestepping. But that's not much damage. It's not gonna really stop somebody from trying to sidestep your down four two and hop kick you and take you to the wall and kill you. I mean, because if you think about the risk-reward there. I mean, it's like, okay, I sidestep, I get hit by a lariat, who fucking cares? He does something that's not lariat, I sidestep, and I hop kick him, and I kill him. Yeah, that's definitely true. Okay. Interesting. So, he still has some of that going on with him, but for the most part, I think he's he's pretty solid, and he has all of the areas covered. Wow, interesting. Wow. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised that you have this uh, opinion on him. Do you, so, you'd think, I mean, out of, let's say, who do you think is top five in this game, then? Who do I think is top five? I'm going to go with Brian. I'm going to go with Devil Jin. Okay. I'm going to go with Law. Okay. Jack and Steve. That is a very acceptable top five. I, I mean, you know, obviously, in my eyes, personally, you know, you have uh, you hold a lot of weight, and your, your word holds a lot of weight. So um, I, I, I accept that as a top five. Uh, but it's it's uh, unconventional, I'd say. A lot of people would not put Jack in there, and I don't know. I mean, he, you know, I played some really good Jack players in Japan, and um, they were really good. But I think you're right. I think they're just playing Jack this time around, and you know, it's like whatever. But I think if you really put the years in and put the time in, you you might be right. He might be a good character. The only problem is, you know, defensively, you have to have really really good defense. To, Definitely. Uh, yeah, to deal with the, you know, being rushed down, uh, as you mentioned. Now, I mean, what is his his best 12-frame uh, Punisher is... Does he have a 12-frame shoulder? 
Uh, he has no 12-frame Punisher. He has a 10-frame, an 11-frame, and a 13-frame. What's well, the... his down forward 4 is 12 frames, but whoop-de-doo, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So 2-1 is his best 10 and 12 frame, right? Yeah, I'd go with that, but uh, if you want frame advantage, forward 2 would be better. Just because 2-1 is like something very small, like plus 1 or plus 2. Uh-huh. Whereas forward 2 is a plus 5, which gives you an uninterruptible down forward 2. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I'll accept that. Now, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a tradition on the show, man. I mean, it's it's. I wish I could talk to you all day, man. I'm very interested. This is a, actually one of uh, my most... In, I've, I've enjoyed this interview with you more than... Any of the other ones I've had so far, so... We should just talk on the phone every evening, dude, if you don't Dude, want. I mean, I'll call you every night before I go to bed and wish Fuck you sweet dreams. Let's do this shit. But, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't record all that shit for everyone, but... Uh, it's been a tradition on the on the podcast, man. You gotta call someone a bitch. You gotta call someone out and talk some shit. Alright. I have somebody I would love to do that to right now. Please do. Originally, I was gonna choose Fighting GM for... Every time he gets his shit pushed in, he goes onto the Facebook page and posts some emo shit about, I lost, my life sucks. But I like GM, and I can understand losing makes you feel like shit, so I'm not going to give him that hard of a time. But I tell you what, man, you can talk shit about as many people as you want. I'm going to give you up to three. I'm going to give you up to three. Go ahead. <laughs> my, my second is Neo X. I'm oh, not sure okay, if many yeah. people know who that is. I, I, I've met him. He's a very charming... Uh, member of the Darker Persuasion. Go on. Yes. I, I mean, to sum it up, he's basically the most garbage human being I've ever met. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I mean, every time he comes around you, you're just like, why is this guy here? He just can't make any kind of meaningful conversation. Everything he says is about himself. And and the thing that put the icing on the cake is when he got beat by Devil Jim at Trash Day, he pushed, violently pushed Devil Jim out of his chair onto the whoa, ground. Whoa, I don't and, like that. Yeah, and, and I do not condone that at all. If you can't handle being beaten, don't show up to tournaments. I mean, we were seriously considering just... Taking that guy out, shitting in his mouth, making him, <laughs> making him munch on it. <laughs> Damn, that is a rough sentence, dude. I mean, I, I agree with you. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. But you probably have some gnarly shit. So that is <laughs> especially a with my my gordita diet. That's a pretty rough sentence, dude. But yeah, I agree with you. I am not a. Uh, I will never, never accept uh, that kind of violence in a tournament. Doesn't matter, win or lose, you you know. Yeah, even if you don't shake hands and shit, even if you want to cry and be a poor sport, if you start hitting people or pushing people, fuck that. You're going to you're gonna eat JLP's shit one day. <laughs> That's right. Now, I will make sure it has the most disgusting shit you can ever think of. <laughs> you're going to eat shit and then digest oh. it so that your shit is even grosser. Dude, it'll be like double feces to the grill, man. I love every second of it. I hear you. I hear you. Now, is oh, there anyone that. else you want to talk shit to? Because, I mean, I'm all ears. This has been super physical. You know what? I'm probably going to let you down here, but there's nobody I can think of that I really want to talk shit about besides Neo X. Okay, well, you know, I I, I will I will accept that. I well, like how you had a couple people in mind already, but well, I do want to say that I think I would like to talk shit about Core because I think he's too beautiful and it turns me on like crazy. And he needs to stop this. I'm personally not into the um, Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> persuasion. Personally, yeah. 
personally, I'm, I used to work at a library, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the Indians came in, and you know, I don't know. I just I I, I didn't grow too fond of that uh, that region, but he's very good at Tekken, and he has an interesting sense of style. So I'll give it up. I guess I'd do him. Yeah, I would. This, I think there's a picture I need to show you of uh, one of my friends. He drew a picture of me and Core. We were in the nude and we were embracing each other. <laughs> so I think I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. And if anybody wants to see that, they're more than welcome to. Just look up uh, Eric Akins, Eric Jop Akins, and then I will tag that picture and you can look at it. All right. Well, you heard him, everybody. So anyway, is there any, uh, any closing words you have um, to seal the deal on this interview? Next time I see you on a stream, I want you to spread the beard and I want you to unleash the giant flaming Fu Manchu wearing cock you have under that beard. <laughs> that is where I keep my small dick. <laughs> and I want you to go out and I want you to lasso the sun and throw it into a black hole. <laughs> Damn, I'll, I'll, I'll work on that, dude. I'll see what's up, dude. Make sure they catch all in on the stream, too. <laughs> Definitely. I'll see what's up, dude. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. It's been very fun, and uh, I do uh, just just so you know, I I have a lot of respect for you, and I've been a fan of yours since I was a kid. Since I was a kid. I mean, it's been a few years. So, how old are you now? I'm twenty. I'm gonna be twenty six actually in a week. So. Okay, I've been hearing some Paul Bunyan's about how people be saying that Harris is only twenty one years old. I'm like, no, he's been playing competitive Soul Calibur two. He can't be that young. Yeah, yeah. I started when I was fifteen. I started when I was 15, and now I'm about to be 26. So, it's been a little while, and I've been hearing of you. How old are you now? Let's count the uh, I'm almost 30. Well, you're not even that old, dude. All right. No, I'm not as old as some of the uh, other people. I guess I would be kind of young for the uh, for the old school godfather of Tekken Tag, I guess. I mean, there's some people out there who are... You know, Tom Hilfiger, he's a fucking old geezer. Yeah, he's like 65 now, dude. He has like uh, 18 he, kids, and he has to lie to his wife about playing Tekken, dude. Dude, that is, that is the worst shit. He's got to <laughs> lie to his, hey, baby, I'm going out to get some uh, some kimchi. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> he's going out to get some kimchi. He tells me that he's at church. He tells his wife he's at church and shit, dude. It's so out of control. Oh. Anyway, dude, I got to hang up on you, man. This shit's getting up until like an hour and shit, dude. I got to hang up. Get the fuck out of here, job. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it and we'll see you next time brother all right brother see you all right take it easy